It's quite nice following Ed's because actually he's almost set the whole rationale for kind of what my presentation is about. So, um, you know, I'll, I'll try not to overlap too much with kind of the background to feed that literacy. Um, but essentially, um, one of the key things I want to sort of focus on is how, obviously, with uh, Ed sort of talked about why um, developing students to be actually be feedback literate, how, why that's important. Um, and um, what I'm going to be talking about is why it's important, obviously, as a skill through um, education, through um, their degree, but also an ongoing skill for lifelong learning and professional development. Um, so, uh, as I say, kind of the setting the scene really has already been done, but essentially, um, I conceptualise feedback literacy in the same way that uh, Carlton Bow did, which is the idea that um, students need to be uh, active in the feedback process, um, and through doing that, they need to um, basically draw on um, a range of different uh, skills, uh, which is firstly uh, the ability to actually appreciate feedback, because obviously if they appreciate what feedback is, how powerful it can be, um, then they're more likely to then actually use it. Um, they should have the skill of being able to make judgments based on feedback um, and uh, what to actually do with it. And they need to be able to manage the affective nature of feedback. Obviously, uh, feedback may include uh, criticisms or uh, you know, sometimes negative um, uh, responses, and they need to be able to actually take on board those sorts of remarks and actually see the messages that are being conveyed. And all of this comes together into what is obviously the whole thing that makes it feedback, you know, being able to actually take action and actually use that to improve. Um, and the reason feedback literacy is important, it really kind of uh, can actually be sort of sh things to do with the short term or the long term. So in the short term, obviously, we want our students to become feedback literate because um, that will allow them to make use of feedback and develop their academic work. Um, but beyond that, there is also research that's suggesting now that actually um, being feedback literate helps uh, you to become more productive in the workplace because feedback is something that goes beyond university assessment um, and then therefore prepares you for the ongoing learning um, that, that will be needed. Um, there are feedback literacy interventions, um, and one, you may already be familiar with this, uh, but Naomi Winston and Rob Nash um, developing the engagement with feedback toolkit. DEFT is um, a really good um, toolkit of resources um, to help develop um, students' uh, feedback literacy. Um, and in fact, um, this study here, Winston and Nash uh, paper, they actually took the, the toolkit and they assessed um, through using a number of different measures, they did some uh, studies where they assessed the effects of different interventions that were used in this toolkit on developing students' feedback literacy and actually found some really useful effects. Um, but one of the slight limitations so far with um, current approaches is that these sorts of interventions are, tend to be kind of add-ons, something that you just maybe do in tutorials or um, you know, maybe just doing the odd class just to develop students' um, understanding of how to use feedback. Uh, what we maybe are lacking at the moment across the sector is a kind of a core understanding of how feedback literacy is part of the skill that students should have and should develop. Um, and therefore, we need to move beyond maybe just seeing it as this kind of intervention add-on and maybe something that can actually be developed in the kind of core curricula that students are, um, are involved in. Um, so that kind of led to a project that I'm doing with uh, Naomi Winston and David Carlos, uh, which is the idea that obviously if we expect students to be feedback literate and this is an important part of them uh, as, you know, as learners and as um, kind of employees in the workplace, then it should really be a graduate attribute. It should be something that actually should support their future work capacities 
Um, and therefore, the best way to really do this is to embed this within the core curriculum rather than just something through additional um, interventions. So um, this led to a project that we're doing at the moment where, firstly, we thought it'd be useful to see, looking at curricular models, to what extent uh, feedback practices, um, sorry, curriculum practices already embed feedback literacy as a skill. Um, and then looking, going beyond that, understanding kind of what opportunities there are for embedding these particular skills within uh, different disciplinary content across a range of subjects. So the idea being that hopefully this will go across all sorts of subject areas, um, not just ones where it kind of lends itself more sort of naturally. Um, so the first part of this was um, we wanted to get an international context on uh, different curricular models and where um, feedback literacy may or may not play a part. Um, so what we did is we started by um, obtaining uh, national qualification frameworks from a number of countries um, across the world. Um, we tried to get one from each continent, basically, just to get this kind of wide geographical diversity. So we looked at um, Australian qualifications framework, um, Hong Kong framework, Mexico, USA, um, South Africa and the UK. Um, the reason we chose those countries was dictated by a few different reasons. One, just because I say it's kind of representing one within each region across the world, but also we wanted frameworks that were detailed enough about graduate attributes that we could possibly see whether feedback literacy is reflected in there. Um, some of them, well, some countries don't have them, and some of them are very vague in terms of outcomes that are expected. Um, we also wanted a disciplinary context. So we, uh, conveniently, in the UK, the Quality Assurance Agency actually put together um, a number of subject benchmark statements, and these are um, discipline-specific uh, frameworks. They have over 60, I think it is, across postgraduate and undergraduate uh, disciplines. Um, and these come with uh, very helpful um, descriptors of kind of content that tends to be covered in these sorts of degrees um, and the sort of outcomes that would be expected for students who undertake these uh, degrees. Um, so we um, use the betcher uh, typology, which Ed mentioned, to code uh, different disciplines, um, just you'll see why in a second, why we kind of use this as kind of a, a guideline, really. These aren't fixed areas. There's, there's kind of slightly problematic in some ways, always coding things into boxes like this, but it allowed us to get an idea whether um, there were different... Feedback literacy is manifest differently across different types of disciplines. Um, and obviously it helped us, the bit I'll talk about in a second, in terms of thinking about how we could extend, you know, approaches to different disciplines. Uh, just out of interest, it might be useful. These are just um, a sample of uh, subjects that we've coded into. We want to get an even number. But just roughly, I want to get an idea of how many people are from disciplines that may be coded into these different areas. So you may be from a discipline that's not listed here. But how many of you are from what would be probably classed as a hard, pure subject? Okay, only one person. Uh, what about hard applied? Okay, soft, pure? and soft applied. Okay, well, it's not too surprising in many ways, I suppose, and that might become evident later on when we start talking about things about where we see these things being more prevalent. Uh, but I thought it'd be quite interesting just to get an idea, just because this might help in terms of when we're talking about some of the uh, implications of these findings, where actually some of you may have some different ideas about how these can be embedded. Um, so um, what we did is we used um, Carlton Dow's framework um, if you look in, in the actual article, they actually break down these different aspects, different components of feedback literacy, and give some examples of these are the sorts of things that 
feedback literate students would actually um, uh, do. Um, and we just looked for some example codes of things we could code in these frameworks. So, for example, um, in terms of um, making judgments, um, where um, skills were mentioned that related to things like self-assessment, self-evaluation, peer feedback, we saw those as being components of those aspects of feedback literacy. What we obviously weren't expecting is that these frameworks would explicitly say um, students who are doing the, this particular degree will develop capacities to make sound ethical judgments about their own work and work with others. Um, things weren't as clear as that, so obviously we had to develop some kind of way of, of reading between the lines somewhat. Um, so, starting with the national qualifications frameworks, uh, one of the things we found was very little um, evidence of particular attributes, core kind of graduate attributes that reflected um, understanding of feedback literacy. Um, so the things we didn't, we didn't find any um, uh, areas that kind of related to appreciating feedback or even taking action, uh, which is problematic, which we'll talk about in a second. We did see some things that actually examples that may relate to making judgments. So for example, um, in the Hong Kong frameworks, it's exercise significant autonomy in determining and achieving personal and or group outcomes. We saw that as potentially representing an element of understanding how feedback feeds into that and developing that skill. We only saw one example of managing affect. As you can see, these aren't explicitly mentioned in feedback. We just saw these as potentially things that reflect the skill of needing to use feedback. So. Uh, working under mentoring would have to deal with managing affect because um, you're having to deal with potential criticism. So there was very little kind of evidence of this um, across the different frameworks. There was nothing from the UK one, but that's possibly because they have the subject benchmark statements that give more detailed um, things for each discipline. Breaking it down by discipline, what we also what we found was that making judgments was quite prevalent across all different subject areas. There tended to be things that reflected that as a skill, that particular area of feedback literacy. Um, again, very little in terms of appreciating feedback, which really is trying to set up people, um, students for understanding the value of it. Um, very little in terms of taking action. I'll give you some examples in a second. Um, one of the things we did find is that actually, when you split by hard and pure subjects, there was no there were actually the equal number of elements of feedback literacy across between the two areas. So whether it was a hard subject or a pure subject, there seemed to be about the same uh, number of examples of feedback literacy being developed. Um, when you break it down by pure versus applied subjects, um, there was more evidence in pure in applied subjects, which again might might kind of seem more obvious, I suppose, that um, that is being developed as a skill. Um, managing affect, interestingly, was again more prevalent in applied subjects, maybe because you're dealing with kind of things where you're actually having to learn to respond to feedback from, you know, supervisions and things like that. Um, so some examples we found was, so I said making judgments was the most common one. So um, what some examples include things like um, developing an understanding of what good looks like, so appreciation of quality um, in sort of more... Um, hard subjects, it was more related to things like binary judgments of right or wrong, sort of understanding whether um, this is correct or this isn't correct. Um, sometimes it was split into things like more of a peer review, they actually, um, in particular areas like dentistry and the medicine, so being able to actually peer review each other's work, um, and, um, and in some which were more related to evaluating your own strengths and weaknesses. So we saw these as all different examples of how um, students would need to, in, de in developing these skills, 
they were reflecting an understanding of feedback literacy and actual ability to use feedback to, um, uh, to inform their own judgment. Uh, managing affect was sort of the second most um, commonly found one. As I said, this was much more prevalent in applied subjects. Um, so um, avoiding defensiveness was an element of managing affect um, in terms of uh, being able to receive constructive criticism. That was a skill as part of dentistry. Again, not too surprising. Um, being able to participate in peer review process, sort of willingness to do it. Um, and then kind of being able to actually strive, uh, strive for continuous improvement uh, on the basis of feedback. So being able to take on board critical judgments of others, that's actually a skill that was part of art and design, you know, which probably would inform if you're designing work, then other people are going to have an input into that. Um, there were barely any examples, as I said, of appreciated feedback and taking action. So one thing we did actually see, and this was explicitly even mentioned feedback as a, a skill to develop, appreciate the benefit of giving and receiving feedback was an actual um, skill that was reflected in graduate outcomes. Um, and in law, making effective use of feedback was a specific one. That was something that actually should be developed. Um, so there, there's very little there in terms of that. So what we kind of summarised from that was, yes, making judgments as an aspect of feedback literacy seems to be reflected in these kind of expected graduate outcomes across most subjects. And managing effect is much more prevalent in applied disciplines. Um, but one of the limitations of this is that um, there really was very little about kind of appreciating feedback and taking action. Now, the reason that's kind of potentially an issue is because if students don't appreciate feedback in the first place, don't understand the value and the potential power of it, then they're probably less likely to actually use it to take action because they don't see why it's valuable. Um, and like I said, we only really found those in soft disciplines. Um, and it really building on kind of David Carlos's sort of new paradigm uh, approach to feedback feedback is really only feedback if you're actually going to use it. So if they don't appreciate it and they're not going to take, and it's, it's not seen as a skill that students should be able to actually use feedback to improve, then, then we're kind of not really building on this kind of new way of thinking about feedback. So kind of build, building on these sorts of findings, it sort of suggested to us that um, there isn't much really in terms of graduate attributes that relate to this skill of feedback literacy. Um, so maybe if we want to develop this as a, as a kind of core skill, we need to be looking at kind of um, what, sub, what, what elements of different disciplines could we maybe build in this skill of feedback literacy into the actual disciplines that are specific to those subjects. So what we did next is we started to look at uh, subject content session, sections of the subject benchmark statements. So um, within each of those uh, subject benchmark statements, they list these are the sorts of things that you would cover as part of this degree. So what we wanted to do was look at those and think, well, where they're learning about particular subjects, maybe we could teach them skills to do with feedback as part of it. I say we as in, you know, educators in those disciplines, but we wanted to lead to a framework that would support educators to be able to build that into their teaching. Um, and obviously because, um, uh, you know, we're not experts across all disciplines, um, we were only basing it on subject benchmark statements, but we also consulted with disciplinary experts. So we asked them some questions to do with, well, what areas of your discipline do you think you could teach the skill of feedback? Okay, so one of the things that we weren't interested in is looking at specifically the assessment of feedback practices. Obviously, feedback is part of all disciplines because all disciplines will include assessment. But what we're interested in is this as a, as a skill, as a core thing that, um, that students can kind of do, is something that should be important to learn. 
So we asked um, disciplinary experts, well, within your discipline, where are there maybe areas that you could actually um, teach students about how to use feedback effectively? So um, we grouped these into themes, and, um, and like I said, we were drawing on uh, the subject um, content sections of, subject, of uh, the subject benchmark statements, and we were looking for areas where you could actually go, okay, well, this is something, an area where you could be developing um, student feedback literacy. Um, so the first thing we um, came up with was responding to task briefs and client requirements. So there are a number of disciplines where part of the skill of, um, or part of what you learn in that, in that particular discipline is how to respond to user requirements and task briefs. Um, so one of the areas we thought, well, you could develop a kind of appreciation feedback in your students, you can kind of uh, instill this in them, is that if students are having to learn as part of their degree about Here's a design brief, for example, in architecture, um, and this is what you would do when you're um, uh, you're given this particular brief, and this is what you you have to refine work, you have to improve it. Well, part of that could lead into discussions between, and you know, a lot of this will be about the, the dialogic nature of of kind of teaching students about feedback. And one of the things you could do is uh, sort of contrast the the nature of responding to design briefs with having to respond to assessment briefs. So when we set up assessments uh, for students and there's criteria as part of that, um, one of the difficulties is students knowing how to use those. So if they're already learning as part of certain degrees how to respond to design briefs, then maybe what we could also do is teach them about how this compares with um, assessment briefs as well, uh, and design briefs and how it's all part of the same sort of skill. Um, in engineering, uh, one of the... Um, areas of, of things to learn uh, is about how uh, students should respond to kind of customer user needs um, and think about how their um, how what they do it kind of relates to what, what users actually want so again that sort of um, allows students to kind of think about making judgments um, uh, about what what users actually need and what they can actually um, uh, you know learn from that and um, this this goes across into sub, uh, a few different subject areas as well. So, for instance, in um, computing, um, we found that again one of the subject areas that students need to be able to do is um, uh, understanding how they meet criteria for uh, developing future systems. Um, and obviously, if they're working them with um, different um, design briefs and responding to clients and having to refine work, then that's going to draw on skills to do with managing affect because they're going to have to respond to criticism. So. In, uh, in students learning the ability to respond to briefs and to improve their work, then they are exercising skills that relate to kind of their, you know, managing affects, aspects of feedback literacy. So we're hoping that, you know, this, this applies to certain, and I'll go through it in a second, about how some of these lend themselves to certain disciplines more than others. But you can see in these kind of more applied areas, there is that potential that you can draw parallels between um, responding to particular briefs and criteria and actually um, developing feedback literacy in assessment as well. Um, a second area we found was more related to particularly areas that relate to kind of uh, health um, disciplines. So, uh, but there are some other examples outside of that. Um, so, for example, um, uh, in terms of developing part of professional practice, uh, one of the things that's, that's kind of a really big part of that is. Um, if you're using, if in terms of reflective practice, you are having to draw on feedback all the time. Um, and particularly in um, nursing, um, one of our experts was pointing out that 
um, you know, in the past, uh, there are areas of good poor practice that have led to kind of, you know, really disastrous situations where people didn't follow feedback. Um, so one of the things they identified was that you could actually teach students that, well, this particular event happened. Um, this was um, a piece of um, feedback was given. It wasn't taken on board. Um, and that therefore led to quite poor practice within our field. Um, and that helps develop this kind of enculturate this idea that feedback is really important as being, a, you know, for being a nurse, therefore you develop that skill as, you know, as a student. Um, so it kind of builds in this idea of, you know, why you should uh, appreciate feedback. So appreciating feedback in its broader sense that goes beyond just what lecturers are giving them. And it also moves beyond, um, uh, you know, nursing and uh, other health fields. So for instance, um, we looked at, um, we found that in computing, uh, there was um, ability to kind of uh, assess quality um, in terms of sort of your own work, uh, which relates to, again, making judgments. Um, there's a, um, another example we had from an expert in physiotherapy was about how, um, you know, one of the things that your that students of those of that particular discipline are going to have to deal with is that um, appraisal and kind of developing is, uh, and listening to others is really ingrained in that uh, discipline. Um, they're going to have to, if students who are part of that discipline are always going to have to listen to feedback. Sometimes it can be upsetting, challenging situations. Um, it's a part of what they do as being a physiotherapist or being a nurse. Um, therefore, again, like I say, as part of the kind of curriculum, if we build in this idea that feedback is part of what you're going to be doing in this field, um, it might help build this kind of skill of kind of managing affect into it. So it's all about, a lot of this is about drawing parallels between the skill in terms of the subject content and what you do in this, in this sector um, and what you're going to be learning about uh, throughout your degree. Um, so yeah, so that was, that was all sort of part of our second thing. Um, another big area we found was that um, in uh, certain fields, um, a lot of what um, the subject involves is about um, how you can actually change and improve to promote behaviour change uh, in others. Okay, So for example, in medicine um, and social work really, um, some of the things we found in subject benchmark statements were that the content will cover things like how graduates will learn to give advice on health promotion or um, give advice to facilitate change in individuals and groups. So as part of that particular skill, again, it sort of lends itself to this appreciative feedback. If students, say, in medicine, are actually learning that, well, it's part of what you're going to be doing as a doctor, is you're going to have to give advice on um, other people's health, um, then they are developing this idea, this, this kind of innate idea as part of their role, that they're going to be giving feedback, and they, therefore, and you can sort of build in this understanding that actually um, feedback is an important part of what I'm going to be doing and therefore I need to also be feedback literate and understand why, how I'm going to take things on board. So it kind of builds in this sort of um, uh, different, that part of the skill. But interestingly, we found that when we were sort of doing this um, thematic analysis of these kind of um, expert comments and the subject benchmark statements is that on the, on the face of it, this kind of lends itself quite well, again, to sorts of health disciplines where you're going to be giving advice and um, helping others. Um, but also it could apply, we found, even to something like this sort of hard applied subject like um, earth sciences. So, for example, if you think about something like climate change, um, there's been feedback out there for a long time about this is, these are the things that we should be doing and things that um, changes that should be made. 
Um, but one of the difficulties is, is obviously the lack of response um, to this information. Um, so this can help build in this kind of idea that actually there are barriers to responding to feedback. And students need to understand that actually there are barriers. Providing feedback isn't just a matter of, doesn't just automatically lead them to people actually using it. Um, and again, it kind of builds in this idea this, that, that, uh, that, that using feedback can be difficult. Um, and again, it sort of leads into sort of making judgments. Um, yeah, and that kind of, again, we, we, sort of, we saw that in this soft, pure subject in terms of geography, kind of uh, dealing with how you actually change deal with challenges and physical problems. Um, one area where um, it's kind of quite obvious, I suppose, in terms of um, how feedback relates is sort of in the, the fields where they're learning about learning. Okay, so a good example of this is psychology, um, a sort of obvious example, really. Um, as part of psychology, you learn about developmental um, cognitive psychology where you're thinking about how children learn, how they develop, um, and um, one of our experts gave us quite a nice example where they said uh, feedback is a key component of trial and error learning. A good example is the children's game where you move a metal loop along a wire and have to get all the way along without touching. The feedback here is a buzzing sound or light, often called buzz wire. So the idea being that that isn't automatically seen as something where students, where we as humans are learning to respond to feedback, but through learning about that particular example, this is an area where we could build in the notion of how feedback affects you know, ongoing development, how it's part of uh, learning and supporting others to learn. When children learn, they are having to learn through this potentially trial and error approach, but they're also responding to feedback in this. So it can, it's sort of be just a way of ingraining in those particular approaches to feedback. Um, sorry, it's a way of ingraining in the way that feedback is a part of the way everyone learns. But obviously that lends itself quite well to psychology as a discipline because you, they're learning about how others learn. But also we found that when we looked at the subject benchmark statements for other areas, um, there were things that were relating to developing um, or learning about how to help others learn. So for example, in business and management, part of um, the subject um, content was that students should learn about uh, setting objectives, motivating monitoring, coaching and mentoring. Okay, so as part of that, part of business and management, it's going to be one of these things that students learn about is how to coach and mentor others. So again, when, we're, when uh, that sort of thing is being taught, potentially there's an area there where students could be taught about, well, coaching and mentoring involves feedback. This is something that you're going to be providing. And, you know, that's here. Feedback is all kind of part of this sort of uh, making judgments. Um, in paramedics, part of one of the, part of the subjects is learning about um, how uh, people become lifelong learners, how they um, can have ongoing professional development um, and therefore it's another area where we can actually encourage and support um, learners to understand that um, you know feedback is part of that. And then our final theme was to do with um, uh, cognate concepts. So the idea being that, um, as some of you, many of you probably know, um, the notion of feedback actually comes from the hard sciences. So um, if you go back and look at kind of the origins of it, um, the idea that it's sort of this feedback loop, um, regulatory methods, I think it's engineering, is it? Anyone know? I think it's engineering, I think it comes from. And uh, basically the idea being that um, uh, you create this feedback loop and that, that um, when things actually, um, 
feedback is used to maintain a particular system. Now, one of the things that's interesting about that is, and it was raised by um, one of our experts, was that when you look at feedback in the hard sciences, it often comes from this idea of sort of maintaining the status quo, maintaining equilibrium. See, the idea being that something feeds back into the system and creates this loop. Now, obviously, when we're thinking about feedback for learning, we're thinking about how do you actually use feedback, not just to create this loop, but actually then to then improve. Um, I think that's what David Carlos is now talking about in terms of uh, feedback spirals. So you're kind of breaking, you're moving beyond this loop. Um, but one of the things there is that this maybe potentially opens up is this potential for if students are learning about feedback in this kind of hard sciences concept. Um, although I, I have kind of one of our experts here said, well, this is potentially problematic because the term feedback here is used differently to how we mean feedback for learning. Um, but it could open up a potential discussion about how feedback is used in one context and how we use it in another context. So um, obviously we need to sort of engender this kind of particular way of thinking about feedback as, as improvement and moving on and, in, and improving work. But this, this could be potential areas where we could build in, particularly these hard sciences, um, where we could build in different areas of um, uh, understanding what feedback is and why, why it's important. So there's a lot of information here I'm going to break down. I'm going to leave it on the screen for a little bit actually because a lot. This is effectively kind of the framework we've led to and this is a, really a summary of everything I've just discussed. Um, but effectively when we break down by these themes what we've come up with is some areas that you could um, kind of I suppose activities, discussions, areas that you could build into what's the way students learn um, that um, could help develop these different components of feedback literacy. Now, one of the things I didn't really go into too much when I was just summarising them just now is how you will see that there are certain areas that probably lend themselves better to certain domains than others. So, for example, when we're talking about things like responding to task briefs and client requirements, um, that lends itself particularly to applied subjects where they're actually having to do that. If you're, to, if you're learning a pure subject, there probably aren't um, too many parts of learning about that degree where they have... Um, task briefs, um, design briefs, um, and you'll see that a lot of them do lend themselves to more to applied subjects where they are actually having to draw on feedback as part of the subject. Um, but one of the things that we found quite um, uh, interesting was that the only example we found hard pure was this final one about learning about cognate concepts. So even, you know, across the board in, ter in terms of um, where these, these developing these skills are kind of uh, most well, most easily going to be integrated. Obviously, we found in the frameworks that it did seem like applied subjects potentially were reflecting it more, but there is potential for building it into pure subjects, into hard subjects, into all different areas. And we're hoping that one of the things that this framework, and this is kind of, you know, this would be useful to get feedback as well from you, because in some ways this is still in draft form. What we're trying to do is develop this idea of how we can... Um, uh, bring in different things, different discussions, different tasks within the curriculum that may, like I say, build in this kind of way of thinking about um, how, why feedback's useful. So, um, yeah, that's probably the sort of main point to leave it there, really, just to maybe have further discussions. But it might be useful um, if people sort of are thinking about it, thinking about their own discipline, thinking about where um, they could build it into their own discipline, um, you know, in terms of what you actually do as, as kind of, uh, it might be a subject area that I've covered or it might be a subject area that hasn't been haven't covered but where you maybe are already building in different skills through feedback or could do um, but uh, yeah 
I'll so I'll leave it there. I'll leave this on the screen, and maybe if there's any questions about it, I can kind of break it down a bit further. But essentially, like I said, this is kind of just sort of summarising the points I was just making. Okay. Thank you. That was really interesting.